worship you, Jesus. We glorify you. Now, Lord, my prayer today is as Paul wrote in Ephesians 1 17 20, that the Lord may give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, that He may enlighten our eyes and our hearts, that we may know what is the hope to which we have been called, the riches of His inheritance in us, and what is the immeasurable greatness of His power toward us. Is my prayer for us this morning. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So what I want to speak to you guys about this morning is in Him and through Him and to Him. So in Him and through Him and to Him. And I'm going to start off with saying in Him is in Christ. And I don't know if you guys have that first scripture for me there. Uh, in Ephesians chapter 1. So in Christ. And, and what I want to do is just take a moment to celebrate what we have in Christ Jesus. So there's a few things that I'll unpack as we go along about in Him and through Him and to Him. But just for a moment, take and celebrate what we have in Jesus Christ. And it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world. Do you know that you are chosen this morning? You are chosen in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him in love. He predestined us to, for adoption to Himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of His will, to the praise of His glorious grace with which He has blessed us in the Beloved, that is, in Jesus. In Him we have the redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of His grace, which He lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of His will according to His purpose, which He set, set forth in Christ. Amen. And it really goes on, so you guys, if you're, if you're taking notes, but, and if you want to just go and read basically the whole Ephesians chapter 1 to chapter 3, Really, there's so much that is in that talking about what we have in Christ. And um, so, firstly, I just want to expand on this a little bit. And firstly, it's we've been saved. We've been saved. In Jesus Christ, there is salvation for us. We have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. So we were far from God. I mean, think back of a time where you didn't know about God. Or you didn't care about God. You were walking in your own ways. You were far from Him and far from His ways. But through Jesus Christ, he, we have been brought near. We have been brought near. There is forgiveness for our sins. We have been delivered from this present evil age. The Galatians um, chapter 1 verse 4. And if you look around, you don't have to look far to see how evil and how dark the world is around us. You know, sometimes when you've been walking in with the Lord and you start, you know, linking just with Christians and, you know, when you visit and, and you just maybe have Christian folks over, you sometimes forget how dark it is out there. But, uh, you know, I tell you, you don't have to look far to see how dark it is. And we have been delivered 
from this present evil age. This world and all that is in it is on its way to hell. Yeah. It's on its way to hell. And we've been delivered from that through Jesus Christ and Him. And now I gave my heart to the Lord when I was 17 years old. Um, and before that, I mean, we went to church, and I'll just share a quick um, testimony. We went to church, you know, Sunday school and so on, but we didn't really serve God. And um, we were more into going away for a weekend and spending time on the dam, you know, with a boat and, and all of that. And I got, you know, as I think many teens do, I started smoking and drinking, I eventually got into drugs. And I did, did not want to know anything about God. But when I was 17 years old, I gave my life to Jesus. And He came and He radically changed my life. And I've never been the same. If you've had an encounter, a real encounter with Jesus Christ, you will never be the same again. You cannot be the same. It's impossible. It's impossible for you to be the same. Yes, you can fall away. You can drift back. You can default. But you can never deny that you had an encounter with Jesus. There was a time in your life that you encountered Him. In Christ Jesus, we've got access to the Holy Spirit, to His Spirit that lives in us. And we've got access to every spiritual blessing that is available for us in Jesus Christ. We've also been brought into family. Have you guys started experiencing? I mean, I think the congregation has been going for two years. Going three years? I mean, have you been experiencing family, you guys? God has placed you into family. In Jesus, we are being joined together, growing into a holy temple of the Lord, a dwelling place for the Spirit of God. God is joining us together. We are growing up as a holy temple, a dwelling place for the Holy Spirit to come and dwell. That's what He's doing with us. That's why we meet together. That's why we're a church. You know, we are sons and daughters of, of God. You know, God has been speaking to us about identity. Identity. Your identity is in Christ. There's no other way. You won't find your identity in your job. You won't find your identity in your husband or your wife or your children uh, or your um, hobbies or your likes or dislikes, your sport. You cannot find true identity there. You only find true identity in Jesus Christ. As a son and a daughter of the Lord. As I said, we've been placed in the body and family which is the church, the household, the household of God. In Christ, we receive purpose. We receive revelation of God's will for our lives. So, I mean, once, before knowing Christ, I wanted to just do my own thing and have my own plans. But in Christ Jesus, we receive the true purpose of our lives. Why was I born? Why did God create me? It's for His glory. It's an eternal purpose. It's not a temporary. The things of this world are all temporary, guys. It's temporal. But in Christ, we receive eternal purpose. It's for a future. It's for a future. We receive an inheritance, a future glory. And we understand that the hope to which we have been called, there's a hope, a living hope inside of us because of Christ Jesus. Do you feel that? The experience of this morning? Is there hope inside you? Is there a living hope inside you? There's something great that awaits for us. For each one who belongs to Jesus Christ. 
There's a glorious hope and a glorious future. So just as a celebration, maybe just for, a, just for a moment, just close your eyes and just thank the Lord. As a celebration, there's many more things I could say. There's many more things that could be listed to say, this is what you have in Christ. And there's quite a few things I've named already this morning. Just for a moment, don't you just want to say thank you to the Lord? Just say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In you, I can receive the wonderful promises that I'm blessed in the beloved, that I've been placed into family, that you've called me for an eternal purpose, that you are building us up together, the temple of the Holy Spirit, the dwelling place. We praise you, Jesus. We thank you. You make this possible, Lord. You make the way. You make the way. Praise your name. Praise your name. Next, I want to have a look at through Christ, through Jesus. Um, so you just put up the next scripture for you, please, in 2 Peter chapter 1. So through Christ, we have promises and we are partakers of the divine nature. And 2 Peter chapter 1, 3 to 4 says, His divine power has granted us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence, by which He has granted us precious and very great promises. Can you say it with me? Precious and very great promises. He has granted to us precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of His divine nature. That's the plan here. It's for us to become uh, partakers of His divine nature. So that through them you may become partakers of His divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. So in Christ and through Christ we receive the promises that we looked at previously. And through Christ we receive His great and precious promises, being partakers of His divine nature. So just a quick pause on this thing about His divine nature. Do you realize that Christ is busy in you? He's busy forming in you His divine nature. Um, there's a scripture in Galatians 4 and verse 19 and um, Paul writes and he says, My little children, for whom I am again in anguish of childbirth, until Christ is formed in you. Now, I was just thinking a little bit of a, a side chuckle. I don't know if you've heard maybe, uh, you know, women making quite weird noises. You know, like, you know when a lady's in childbirth? It's like, you know? So it's just this picture of Paul saying, you know, I'm in labor pains, I'm in labor pains until Christ is formed in you. And you know what, this is part of Glim's job in each one of your lives, the leader's jobs in each one of your lives, is saying, I want to see Christ formed in you. I want to see Christ formed in you. And it goes further, guys, we are part of a body. And the Bible says that each one does a share 
and builds the body up. So it's not just the leaders in this house, but it's each one of us sitting here this morning. I have something to bring as a part of the, of the body, as a member of the body. Christ is using me to form in you and you in me. And each part of the body is, um, is building each other up in love. So we each have a role to play. It's not just on the shoulders of the leaders. You guys agree? God has called us each to something. So, now just quickly on having escaped the corruption of this world. Through Christ, we have escaped the corruption that is in the world, right? And I felt a warning for us, and maybe for a few of us, maybe even if it's one. And I just felt a warning to say, you know, Galatians chapter 5, it says, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. And then later in uh, verse 9 it says, A little even evens the whole life. And I just felt that as encouragement this morning to say, do not again be entangled in a bondage of slavery. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Walk and stand firm in the freedom which Christ has set you free. You have to fight this, guys. You have to stand firm in Christ. You can't just say, yes, now I'm in Christ and now I can just sit and relax. We're in a fight. We're in a fight. You guys realize that? Who's experienced that they're in a fight? In a battle? We're in a war. Stand firm in the liberty, the freedom that is in Christ. I really felt that as an encouragement for us this morning to stand firm. Through Christ, we can face the troubles in this world, in this life. Jesus said that in this life, you will face troubles. You will face troubles. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. That's what Jesus said. So it's not a thing of, will I face troubles? It's when. And I know, I mean, that sometimes that may not sound so encouraging. But the truth is, that's what Jesus said. He said, in this life, in this world, you will have troubles. And sometimes we're so surprised when these things, it's just like, Jesus, what's going on? You know, why, Lord, why? But the thing is, we are in this world, and in this world we will face troubles. But there's an encouragement, it doesn't just stop there. Jesus says, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. You see, when you lift your eyes to eternity, when you fix your eyes on Jesus, as we also heard this morning, the things of this world grow strangely dim. And when we start looking at that giant, when we start looking at that mountain, and that thing just becomes bigger and bigger and bigger, that we start losing hope. We start losing faith. God wants us to fix our eyes on Him. But why? Why does God allow these things? Why does God allow troubles? Surely, if He's God, can He not stop those things? Why does He allow troubles to come our way? I'm grateful great that you asked that question. <laughs> I'm going to answer you. Well, I'm going to try and answer you out of what I see here in Scripture. So in James chapter 1, if you could just put that up for us, please. James chapter 1, verse 2. It says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. 
For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Faithfulness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. That's why we go through these trials. It's for God to produce a faithfulness, a steadfastness in us. It's only when you're facing that wind or when you're facing that storm that you have to stand. It's very easy to lie on the beach and, you know, just stretch out and feel the sun. I mean, you're, there's no trial there, really. You know? But it's when that storm comes that you have to stand and say, Lord, in you, I'm going to stand. I'm going to stand. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7. You can put it up there as well. It says, so that the testing of your the tested, that the tested genius of your faith, more, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to the result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You know, I don't know if you guys have heard the story of how they actually melt gold or melt metal. You know, and gold when it's melted. My dad used to be a jeweler, my, my brother's a jeweler, and I've seen that process, you know, that, that gold being put in that, in that bowl, and, and through the furnace, the fire, you know, it's being melted, and what they're doing is they're actually it's being purified. All the, all the junk, all the rubbish is like being burned out of it, you know, so that that gold is pure. And then that gold is taken and made into something beautiful, a ring or a bracelet or, you know, but, but it first has to go through that fire. It first has to go through purification and forming. Mm. But then at the end, the result is something beautiful. Yes. That's your faith, guys. Yes. That's your faith. It's, you're going to maybe go through testing. You may be going to go through fire. But at the end of the day, your faith is going to bring glory to Jesus. Yes. You're going to be able to say, Lord, I'm presenting. Here I am. I'm presenting my faith to you. When you stand before him one day, say, Lord, here's my faith. It's been tried. It's been tested. Here it is. It's for you, God. It's for you. It's for your glory. It's for your honor. Steadfastness and faithfulness that the Lord wants to cultivate in us as His people. As His people. He doesn't want a wishy-washy people. He wants people that are steadfast. Steadfast. Just on that, I just want to take a few minutes for my wife just to come and share her, her testimony with us. Sure. Just the disclosure. You told me on the way here, so <laughs> I don't have to prep or think what would I say. So, um, so I'm going to try and condense just a highlight of what um, God has been doing in our lives. So in um, with the 30th of April 2021, I was diagnosed with ovarian cancer, stage 3. And um, yeah, it was like a storm hit us face on, you know, you just, yeah, you have ended yourself when you hear those words. But God was so faithful, He immediately the next day told me that um, He writes my story. And at that moment, I knew that I had a choice to make. I could either cling to the fears that come with news like that, or I could cling to what God has spoken and said that He writes my story. And then the second, so that was the first of May, 
the 2nd of May, um, the church prayed for me and I got a prophetic word that, um, that we can see what the Lord's going to do and that God doesn't have favourites but he's going to apply favouritism in you know, my journey. And I just fell to the words and just after that we received the word that just to remind us and I want to remind each one of you that he's in the boat with you. Jesus was in the boat and he's still in the boat. He's not Amen. somewhere else. So the waves are big and when you receive news like that, the waves are huge. You know, you've got all these doctors telling you all these stories and I have to cling to what the Lord said. And um, yeah, so at that moment I just knew that there's one way to do this and that's to cling to Jesus that's in the boat with me. So yeah, we've walked quite a journey since then. Chemotherapy, um, I had to have a major and then I had to walk out of my journey and I'm still on treatment in that on a trial. But just through it all, just seeing how God speaks and how His grace comes at times when you need it, at times when you're looking down, how He comes and He encourages and He speaks to people through His Word, through His Holy Spirit. And just every time you maybe eat a bit of a mountain or a bit of a wave that's you know, shaking the boat, he just comes and he reminds the person that he's in the boat with us. And I think by October 2021, um, you know, he gave me the scripture, he calmed the storm to a whisper. And again, just clinging to what he's saying to say, Lord, okay, through you, I can do all things, you know. And you know, then um, still on treatment. But I do trust uh, it's been a year and a half that I'm in remission. And uh, yeah, every now and again, my faith is tested. <laughs> and I have to walk it out and it set once again. And uh, yeah, just a key scripture to something that Linky said there Philippians 4. Verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I saw God strengthening me, Jesus strengthening her, strengthening us as a family through that journey, through that trial. So when we face challenges in this life, through Christ we can be strengthened. And there's a scripture that says David strengthened himself in the Lord. So much as the Lord comes and strengthens us, we need to make a decision to say, Lord, I'm going to fix my eyes on you. I'm going to fix my heart on you. You know, like when Peter stepped out of the boat, he looked at the waves, then he started to sink. And we need to make the choice to say, I'm not going to look at the waves. Yes, they're there. But that's not where I'm going to place my focus. I'm going to place my focus, my heart, my mind on Jesus. And through that, He comes and He strengthens us. You see, there's always an exchange. There's always a fight. The spirit is always warring against the flesh. And the, um, the flesh against the spirit. And it's in your power, God has given that to you, your own will, to decide which one are you going to choose. Are you going to choose to warfare according to the spirit or the flesh? There's something that you have to sometimes give up. You know, when you're in a situation, I remember once, um, and it's a lot less serious uh, situation, but just as a practical example, uh, I was at work for one day, and my manager made a decision to promote somebody for a position that I was actually hoping to get. 
And so she made a decision and I felt like, yo, that's unfair. You know, I've really been working hard, I've been faithful, and that position, I was trusting God to provide me with that. And she made a decision and I really got upset about it. And so I just walked out of the building and decided to go for a walk. And as I'm walking, I feel like you start to say to me, pray. I'm like, I don't want to pray. I really don't feel like praying now. I don't want to pray. And as I'm walking, the Holy Spirit says to me again, pray. And I'm like, man, no, no, I'm, I'm upset now. I don't want to pray. You see, and the third time, the Holy Spirit said to me, pray. And so I said, okay, Lord. And I started praying. And I started praying in, in tongues. So I decided in that moment, you see, I could, have, I could have continued in the flesh and said, I'm going to be upset now. But I did, when I started praying, I felt the Lord starting to strengthen me. And by the time that I got back to the building, I could go to my manager and actually bless her. And say, you know what, I want you to know that I'm praying for you. And I really need to come and say, see, I said, I'll be praying for you. And I'm trusting God to provide you with wisdom in your decisions. You see, I couldn't do that in my own. In my own strength. It was Christ that strengthened me. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 57 says, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We need to fight with and for our brothers and sisters in the Lord. We need to walk this road together. And I'm sure that as we go around the room, there's many challenges I'm sure that you guys can speak about and say, I've, I've been facing this, I'm currently going through this, I've, you know, I've experienced that in my family or whatever. There's maybe many challenges that we can say, but I want you to take courage this morning to say that through Christ you can face this. Through Christ you can be steadfast. Almost, almost done. The last part I want to just speak about is to and for Christ. So in Willem's speech the other day, he mentioned something that it's not about how you start, but it's how you finish. And that's the end. So I want to ask you a few questions this morning. It's what are you aiming for? Where are you heading? And what is the destination and the ultimate goal? And if you can answer those questions to say, this is where I'm heading. Yes, I've got tasks and I've got responsibilities and I've got things that I do, deadlines and, and whatever. But ultimately, what is the goal of my life? What is the purpose? Where am I going to? It's not just to be happy and comfortable and, you know, in this life. This life is temporary. Ultimately, our goal is His glory. And that is our ultimate purpose. As Christ is formed in us, we display His glory. So what is busy leading you guys and leading us? Where we live and where we work and where we are part of this church in Krabo, as Christ is being formed in you, it is for His glory and for His purposes. And through the church, the wisdom of God may be made known. It's an eternal purpose. Through you guys and through us as a church, God is displaying His wisdom, not just to the world, but to principalities and powers in heavenly places. It's God's wisdom working in through you guys. In Christ, we have hope. Um, sorry, I wanted to say that 
1 Corinthians chapter 15 says, If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are all people to be most pitied. So if our hope only was in this, in this life, we would should be pitied amongst all people because we willingly go through hardships. We willingly take up our cross. We willingly don't go with what the world says. We willingly make better choices. We willingly say, Lord Jesus, I want to follow you. Even though it costs me my very life, I want to follow you. And I, that's not, it's not because our hope is in this life, but our hope is in eternity. Our hope is eternity. And so we can say we are not amongst the most pity of all people because our hope isn't in this life. Our hope is eternity. In conclusion, one day we will be presented to Christ as His beautiful bride. So as He is working in us and forming us, as Christ is being formed in us, one day the goal is to say, here I am, here Jesus is your beautiful bride, to be reconciled with Him. And I want to say that Christ loves you and is working in each of you to accomplish His purposes for His glory. We are called to reflect His glory in Chabot and beyond. Set your hearts on that. Um, I just ask the just in time, bro. Yeah. It may send me through water in case. Yep. So we baptize people uh, throw water on their heads.